All right, so I got to talk about the future of true life. Uh, I need to do it in about 25 minutes, so we better go fast. Um, <clears throat> sometime this fall, Roger uh, shared an Andy Stanley podcast with, uh, with the elders. And uh, the, the gist of what he was saying uh, in this, he was talking about every organization ought to be able to answer three questions. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in this. And so that's how I kind of want to frame this for talking about us going forward. Uh, you know, it's, this isn't a normal uh, message, not really a biblical exposition. This is more of a, a vision casting kind of thing. In a couple of weeks, we'll start digging into the book of Ephesians. But uh, uh, three questions. I, I, th- I think this makes sense. I mean, I think uh, if you go to work tomorrow morning and uh, you know the answers to, to three questions, these three questions, I think you'd be you'd be happy. So, I mean, the three questions pretty simply: What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And how do I fit in? That makes sense. I mean, if you're going to run an organization, you're going to be a part of something. Like I say, if you go to work in the morning, uh, you know what we're doing. You know why we're doing it, and you know how you fit in, how, what your role is in that. that, that seemed like a good thing. And so we're, we're going to take that and, and we're going to apply it uh, to us as a church. What are we doing as a church going forward? Why are we doing it? And then how do we as individuals uh, fit in to that? Because one thing to remember about a church, the church, is that it's people, not a building, it's people. It's a collection of individuals uh, together in Christ as his body, as his people, his family. So, you know, what we are as a church is really who we are as a people. Uh, a church is always the sum of its parts. And so, if you want to see true life grow, you grow. You want to see true life change, you change. You want to see true life be better, you be better. You want to see true life reach more people, you reach some people. That's how it works, okay? Uh, you know, we can't point to the church as some kind of, you know, nebulous, airy-fairy entity out there. It's us, okay? So, so what are we doing? Well, what we're always going to do is what our mission statement says, which is... Just warms my heart that you're so excited about it this morning, <laughs> that there's just the passion and enthusiasm with which uh, that was just said, it just makes me feel good today. To meet people where they are and help them become uh, fully devoted followers of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 28 that all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, and, and so uh, don't, don't miss this, if we want to function in the authority and the power of Christ, there's only one way to do it as a church, and that's by making disciples of all the nations. That's, that's what Jesus is doing. That's, that's where he empowers us. That's, where, uh, he's, that's what he's working through. Anything besides that is just a religious social club. That's where Jesus is. That's what he's doing. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you. Um, he wants his church to multiply disciples of all nations until he returns. One of the things we've said from the start of true life, and if there's one word that I wanted to give us for this year, it's the word multiplication. But something I was taught when I was trained as a church planner, something we've tried to say from the start, is anything that's healthy 
reproduces. We should know that at True Life, right? I mean, this should not be a revelation uh, to us. Uh, If there's anything we're good at, it's that. But um, anything is healthy reproduces, and every healthy church should be reproducing disciples, leaders, small groups, and new churches. That, that's the premise we've operated on from the start. Uh, reproduce disciples, fully devoted followers of Christ, people meeting Jesus, people growing in him, people living out God's plan uh, for their lives, raising up, reproducing leaders, uh, birthing groups, and that ends up in uh, the multiplication of churches for the sake of the gospel, uh, for the name and the glory of Jesus Christ, meeting people where they are, helping them become fully devoted followers of Christ. Uh, that, that's, that's the mission. That's the goal. Uh, that, that's the scoreboard. You know, sometimes, you, you ever been to a little kid's basketball game, and, and a kid made a basket, but they shot in the wrong goal? I mean, that's, that's like a sad thing, right? Uh, I read a story recently about a guy who was a star basketball player who actually did that, uh, made a buzzer beater in the state high school championship game in the wrong goal. That would be awful, right? I mean, that would just be, that'd be so bad. But I think that's kind of what a lot of churches are doing. I mean, we're shooting in the wrong goal. We're not really doing the kind of things that, that God really wants us uh, to do. At, at the end of the day, the most important thing, the bottom line, the mission of the church is to make disciples of all nations. You can say it in different ways. We say it, meet people where they are, help them become fully devoted followers uh, of Christ. But, but that's, that's our job. That's our calling. That's our ministry. There's some different things that go into that. But, but the thing that, that I want you to get, if you're a Christian, that's your calling. We're all to be a part of that. How are we a part of that? By sharing our faith. By, by mentoring, by discipling, by encouraging people, building each other up, ministering to the body, by, by using our gifts to serve the Lord, by being involved in the community and missions, those kind of things. That's what we're called to do, and it takes all of us working together. But, you know, when I think about the history of true life and, and just seeing that uh, come about, you know, uh, like, you know, Shane's our worship leader, he's on staff with us. He'd been out of church his whole adult life. Until Rusty invited him to church. And, and, and God turned his life around. And now he's using him to serve the Lord. Jessica, my assistant, wasn't even a Christian when she started coming to True Life. And now she's serving on staff. You know, I think about Mark Sonnemeyer, young man that, that's in Bible college. Um, his family moved here from um, Upper State, New York. None of them were Christians. Now they're all Christians. Mom was an agnostic. And now, uh, you know, he's being trained to become a pastor someday and serve the Lord. That's what this is about. It's about changed lives and not just individual lives being changed, but then people whose lives have been changed being a part of seeing other people's lives changed so the gospel spread, so there's multiplication happening. And you know what's uh, cool and what's a blessing? And you know, in so many ways, God's done just above and beyond what we ever asked. I mean, you know, when we started the church, our vision was too small. 
I mean, we wanted to see people's lives change, but a lot of it was about outward things like style. Like there's a need for a church with a more contemporary style of worship. There's a need for a church uh, that um, ministers to you know, families with younger kids and that kind of thing. That's way too little of a vision, really, to start a church with. But God uh, was gracious in that. I mean, what the vision is now is to see the world change through the power of the gospel one life at a time, but seeing that multiply as people are trained up, raised up in Christ, and then we're sending them out to go and make a difference in, in other places. You know, I, I think about one of our pastors in Honduras. His, his name is Irvin. Uh, he's only been a Christian for about four years. But in those, two, in those four years, he's completed two seminaries and is now a pastor. Raising up people out of the harvest. Um, you know, a lot of churches, their approach like the staffing and different things, is to call the train, you know, find somebody that's been to school or whatever. Our approach is to train the called. That's the approach that we're going to take in going forward as a church. So that's our mission. Now, to be a little more specific in maybe in moving forward, you know, something that the elders have been working on really a lot of 2018 is just kind of looking at some specifics uh, of what it's going to take, uh, you know, for us to, to continue to move forward. And, of course, you know, like I say, part of that is multiplication, part of that's outside of true life. But we have to think about, you know, kind of the logistics of where we are as a church. And so we've kind of taken the approach of reverse engineering a plan. Um, and we use 500 in, in attendance as a number. You know, the average Sunday now, I don't know, we're 320-ish, something like that. Uh, and so for us to go from here to there, what's going to have to happen? Okay, and, and there's just kind of some practical things that, that, that we want to, uh, to point out in that. And so there's kind of nine parts to this. I want to hit it quickly, okay? Number one, it's going to take us continuing to grow spiritually and a higher number of people being sold out to our mission. It's going to take more of us being willing to use our gifts, talents, time, energy uh, to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, one of my questions for you is, if, if you're a part of True Life, what are you doing to contribute to the mission? And, you know, if you attend here, is God calling you to really be a part of this mission here? He's calling you to be a part of this mission somewhere. You need to figure out if it's here or somewhere else and get where it is. If it's here, awesome. If it's not, Go find where here is and do what God's called you to do. Because as Christians, listen, the American Christianity is a joke in many cases. Because a lot of times American, quote, Christianity is about being a spiritual consumer, which is absolutely opposite to the Bible. The Bible teaches us that we're to be spiritual contributors. And really, that's how we grow you only grow so much by coming and sitting and listening to something. You, we really grow when we learn something and then we put it into practice. And I don't care what age you are. Uh, I mean, if you're a middle schooler, we'll find, find a way to put you in, into the Lord's service here. Um, I mean, we, we've got some older teenagers, some young adults that are doing great things for God. And the way they got started uh, in, in, in serving was in kids' ministry uh, when, they, when they were in middle school as a helper. We're not going to let them go run the thing. Uh, but don't, you know, I don't want any parents, you know, running out to pull their kids out or <laughs> something like that. But if you're saved, 
You have spiritual gifts. God will use you. And that goes along with number two. We need to continue to raise up leaders in every area of the church. And we'll talk about this at the ministry team meeting Wednesday night. But if you are serving a ministry, one of our expectations for you is for you to reproduce yourself. Train somebody. Hand it off. That, that's how we multiply, and that's your job. Uh, three, you know, if, if we're going to keep growing at some point, uh, when we're, our attendance is somewhere in the 400s, we'll have to be in three services, and we'll need to do what we need to do to make adjustments uh, for that. Number four, uh, we need to continue to expand our outreach, but, you know, our primary outreach, what's the outreach program of True Life Church? Us. Now, I'm not, we have ministries, we got boots on the ground, small groups do things, that kind of thing. Of course, we have the end of the ministry in Honduras and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, we are uh, witnesses of Jesus, either good or bad, wherever we are. We are the outreach program uh, of True Life Church. What are we doing uh, to, to share Jesus with those uh, around us? When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Who are you praying for to get saved? When's the last time you invited uh, somebody to come to church? I'm telling you, church is a different experience when you have somebody here that's not a Christian that you're wanting to see them get saved. You see things through different eyes. You pray differently. You approach it uh, differently. And just I'm just showing up at church because uh, I, I show up at, at church. And, and believe me, uh, I mean, you know, we're, we're seeking to worship God, and that's our primary focus. But we have non-Christians in mind when we plan our services and, 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 and those kind of things because, uh, you know, we don't want to do things in like some weird off-the-wall kind of way that someone who's not a Christian just can't can't connect with uh, at all. Uh, number five, um, if, if we're going to you know, go from here to there, if we're going to continue to grow to whatever number, we're going to continue to birth small groups because, once again, we're not interested in just in filling seats on Sundays. We're interested in making disciples. Okay, there, we could, if, if we wanted just to have more numbers on Sunday, there's things we would do differently. That's not the point. The point's to make disciples. How do you make disciples? You make disciples in community. You make disciples in small groups. You make disciples in, in relationships uh, with, with other people. Uh, in 2018, we birthed three uh, small groups. To, you know, to go from where we are to, to say 500, we'd need 10 to 15 more small groups. And so, you know, I I'm, thank God for our small group leaders. But at the same time, I would challenge each of you to make it your number one priority to train, mentor, uh, apprentice, and apprentice leader, and birth your group. I mean, that's the most important thing a small group uh, can do because there's multiplication that comes out of that. I mean, think, what would happen? What would it mean for the kingdom of God if every one of our small groups birthed in 2019? And then what happened if, if every one of them birthed again in 2020? And then in 2021? I mean, that's where the power for something huge to happen is. Now, I'm excited. We've got another small group uh, that's uh, going to be birthing in, in, in the next few weeks. And so we want you to hear about that. And if you're not in a group, uh, this would be maybe an opportunity for you to uh, get plugged into a group. And so Bob and Brenda Milliken are, are starting this group. We wanted Bob to be able to just to tell you a little bit about it. And, you know, if you're interested, talk to Bob afterwards. Good morning. Uh, Brenda and I have been part of a small group most of our married life, and as we look back and reflect on that time, we, we realize just how many friends and, and uh, you know, lifelong friendships we've made 
And uh, as a result of that, uh, we are going to start a small group this next Wednesday, uh, starting on Wednesday nights. Uh, it'll be during the time of when our youth are here and uh, other training classes are going on. And uh, we're just excited to invite everyone, whether you're uh, single or married or young or a little more seasoned like us, maybe. Uh, we, we're, everyone is welcome. Uh, if you have kids, it's a great time because you can drop your kids off at 6.15 and come join us at 6.30, and we will be done by 7.45 so you can get back over here to pick them up. We'll be meeting in, the, uh, in a little cafe called The Creek, and we're just going to use them to supply our refreshments, and so you can purchase those there, and, and we'll just have a great time of sharing and then also some time of... Uh, teaching and encouragement, uh, discipling. Uh, we will also be looking for one, at least one other person or couple to help co-lead or uh, I believe you called them an apprentice. And uh, so we're look, looking forward to that as well. And so if you're interested in that or if you're interested in coming, we'll be starting on January the 16th at 6.30 at the Creek uh, in Jefferson City. Everybody know where that is, I Yes, if you don't, you can Google it. <laughs> so if you're interested or anything, I'll be around after church to, if you have questions. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, if you bring a teenager on Wednesday night and you're not plugged into a small group, I think this would be a fantastic opportunity for you to get plugged in and, and, and build that community and grow in your relationship with Christ. So, um, you know, birthing small group, that's one of the most important things that we can ever do. But then number six, in, in continuing to move forward, uh, we're going to continue to need it, to add staff. You know, one of the things that we've done this year, you know, like starting now, is we've added some hours to Pastor Phillips. The you know, he's dual with IF and with True Life. We've added some hours to his TLC job description for him to specifically focus on working with our small group leaders and ministering to them and helping to equip them and them equipping others and, and, and birthing groups. But uh, one of the things that uh, elders in the finance team have talked about that would be kind of a tentative plan for 2020 would be, it would be our hope to be able in a year to add another full-time pastor because, you know, we feel like it to continue to grow and continue to move forward uh, that we're going to be that we're going to need to uh, do that and so that leads to number seven that uh, you know if we're going to do these kind of things do some things we need to do around here you know pay off our debt those kind of things that the giving will need to uh, continue to grow and so uh, you know we don't talk a lot about giving um, you know the ultimate point of giving is if you're a Christian to honor God to worship him uh, to give him the first fruits to say thank you to him for his goodness towards you but at the same time it's necessary Necessary for us as a church to minister effectively, to have the financial resources to be able to do that. And let me say thank you again for your generosity in 2018. Our budget for the year was $340,000, and we finished up in the general fund with about $396,000 in giving last year. Thank you for your generosity at the end of the year. The offering the last week of the year was about $29,000, I think. So, uh, so thank you uh, for that. But uh, it's kind of one of those things where if we're going to keep moving forward, 
That has to grow along with everything else. And, and honestly, uh, if you just do the, the math, the numbers on it, really the giving probably, with everything we're trying to do and balance and work out in this, the giving actually needs to grow at a higher pace than the attendance does. It's, it's just the, the financial realities uh, of it, and which kind of leads to number eight. We need to concurrently, I want you to understand it's not an either or, it's a both and kind of thing. We need to concurrently uh, be working on moving forward and paying off the debt and preparing to build at some point. We need to do that at the same time that we're doing missions and planning churches and, and reaching people. It's not an either or, it's not a both and kind of thing. You know, one of the things uh, that we have done, or are, has this already, have you already made the principal payment, Angela? So we've already at the beginning of the year, because of the overage we had last year, out of the general fund, we put it in this year's budget, made a $20,000 uh, principal payment uh, to kind of address this. We've uh, allocated some money in this year's budget to go ahead and be drawing up some plans as far as future building. It's not anything. Uh, we don't have plans to build right now, but we have. it's kind of a step in preparing towards that uh, in, in, in the future, something that we can use to help kind of visualize what it's going to look like. And then number nine, like I said, this is about multiplication. It's not just about adding people here. That's a part of it. But I mean, we're going to continue to work uh, with International Fellowship in, in its planning, in its ministry, in the outreach that, that you're doing, uh, and, uh, that they're doing. And, you know, the, I, th I think I said this last week, but, you know, somebody that they've ministered to in their ESL uh, contacted Pastor Philip recently. He's in New York now. He said he recently given his life to Christ. So, you know, the seeds that have been planted, they'll continue uh, to bring forth fruit. Um, you know, we're looking at, I'm training a church planter in Morristown uh, right now. There's a church plant that we're looking at in, in Jefferson County. Uh, you know, we, be, we believe it's biblical that the way the church grows is through planting other churches. That's multiplication. You know, I, I, in the long run, it's better to have 10, churches, 10 healthy churches of 100 than one church of 1,000. Because then those, especially if those churches are church planning churches, nothing wrong with a church of a thousand or ten thousand or whatever else, but it still has to be multiplication. It can't just be all internal uh, addition. And, you know, you're going to continue to plant churches uh, in Honduras, continue to see the Boys and Girls Club grow. You know, I've shared about this, but I would really encourage you to be praying for the development of the seminary there. Uh, you know, there's one starting, a location starting in San Pedro Sula next month, one in Tegucigalpa. Shortly after that, one in a place called Tacoa, hopefully this summer, as soon as the construction is finished, a couple of others that are in the works. And so to be able to train leaders in six areas of that country in the next year to two years and to be able to do that for the foreseeable future, that's multiplication. That's something that God can use to make a huge impact for generations to come. So this is what we're going to pursue going forward as a church. That's, that's the what. So what's the why? And, and I need to hit this quickly because I'm running out of time. Um, so a couple things. Number one, the glory of God. Habakkuk 2.14 says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And really that's referring to the, the millennial reign of Christ. I mean, that is going to be fulfilled at, at some point. But 
between now and when Jesus comes back to actually set up his kingdom on the earth, what's the church called to do? We're called to be the vehicle through which the kingdom of God is advanced, the gospel's proclaimed, human need is met, and the glory of God is displayed more fully through people's transformed lives as Jesus is seen as Savior, Lord, and King in us because people see his goodness because we're admitting that we're not good, but we're proclaiming that we have a gracious God who's changing us and who's forgiven us and who's making us different. And people can actually see that in our lives. That's how God is glorified through the church, in the church, by the church, through the proclamation of the gospel. And that's what all of this is about. That's what should drive us is that God be seen for who he really is, that, his, that the name of Jesus be made famous, that the glory of God be manifested to as many people as possible. That's why we're here. But it's also about the meeting of human need. There's so much need in the world. I mean, we could talk about statistics, but you, you, I, don't have to t- I don't have time, but I don't have to tell you. You know, how many of you know some, a family that's been affected by suicide in the last year? People that are hurting, struggling, jug addicts, all these kind of things. Listen, the gospel is still the power of God and salvation for everyone who believes. It is the only hope for humanity because it is the only thing that can change the human heart. And every, uh, the heart of every problem is ultimately a problem of the heart. And external solutions aren't going to fix things. Um, you know, we, we, I was also going to talk about, you can read these, you know, we changed our core values that are doing the This Is Us series. And, and really, these are what drive us as far as just why we do what we do. I encourage you to look at that. They're in your notes. I don't have time. So, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to strive with everything we have to make disciples of all the nations, to meet people where they are, help them become fully devoted followers of Christ. I mean, will you make that your commitment? Why do we do it? For the glory of God, for the meeting of human need. And the question is, where do I fit in? And so there's three things I want to say to you about that in in closing. Number one, I would say to you to make sure that you're a part of Christ in his church. Um. Matthew 16, 13, Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? They said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, well, who do you say that I am? Simon answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And um, then, you know, talked about on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Those who are really part of God's church are those who confess Jesus Christ. So the first thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we truly have a relationship uh, with Christ. Um, then, you know, have you been baptized to publicly profess your faith in him? Are you an active member, an active part of a local church? Because, you know, every Christian is a part of the church, but the actual expression of it is a local church. And you don't find any Christian in the New Testament, I don't think, outside of the local church. So make sure you're part of Christ and his church. And then number two, just want to remind us of you know, four environments 
that we uh, talk about that, you know, if we're going to become a fully devoted follower of Christ, then we need to be a part of. Uh, hopefully you know these words. They, if you don't know them, if this is new, they sound weird. That's okay. Closets, rows, circles, streets. Closets, rows, circles, streets. What's closets? Closets, the idea of, you know, prayer closets. Jesus said, go into your closet and pray to your Father alone. That is closets. If we're going to grow in Christ, we have to spend time alone with, with, with God. So I'd ask you a, a, a simple question in, in starting 2019. Do you have some kind of spiritual growth plan for the year? I mean, do you, do you, is it, do you have an appointment with God in your calendar? Do you have a time daily that you set aside to meet with God in prayer, in, 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 in Scripture, in worship, uh, journaling, whatever you do? I, I'd encourage you to make that a, a, an appointment. You know, I get up at 6 or whatever it is, and I you know, spend time with God or when it, whenever it is. If you don't have a Bible reading plan, uh, you know, download version, find one in there. Andy's going to tell you about uh, a new church app, and you, there's one in, we're going to put one in there, and you can access that. But, but have a plan. You know, spiritual growth is far from automatic. The Bible says to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, and the reality is, to a great degree, who we become is simply a product of our daily habits and choices. So, closets, spend time with God, rows, that's this. That's corporate worship. So, I, I encourage you to make a commitment in 2019 that this is a priority. That I'm going to give the first fruits uh, of my week to Jesus and worshiping him and, and by, by coming to church as much as I can. But not just showing up at church, serving, being an active part of the body, interacting with other people, praying, preparing, you know, coming, seeking God, coming to worship God, not just showing up because the more of us that prepare before we come, the more of a dynamic experience it's going to be. That's just the reality, right? What'd your coach tell you growing up? You play like you practice. <laughs> if we hadn't been with God all week, we're just playing catch up when we come on Sunday morning. But if we've been with God, we'll worship out of an overflow. And if enough of us do that, God's presence is going to be very tangible and the Spirit's going to have a lot of freedom uh, to work. Circles. If you're not in a small group, I encourage you to get in a group. You could talk to, I guarantee you, dozens of people in this room that are in a small group that would tell you that spiritually and just in life, it's one of the best things they've ever done. Uh, just for relationship, for spiritual growth, uh, let us help you get plugged into a group. And the idea of streets is, you know, reaching out, uh, you know, sharing our faith with others, being involved in ministry, going on a mission trip, uh, those kind of things. And then last, we would encourage you to use your gifts to serve. Uh, we need everybody. Everybody's got a place. Everybody's got a role. Um, 1 Peter 4.10 tells us this. It says, each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That's a command. Right? It's, it's saying, if you're a Christian, you've received a gift. He's saying, use it. Use your gifts and talents to serve the Lord. Um, you know, one of, something we prayed for for a while is to kind of have a full band back together. That was 
That, that's nice, isn't it? I mean, that's an answer for you, but that's people. I mean, part of it was God taking care of Travis and him getting better where he could play again. But, I mean, it's people using their gifts, and that's needed uh, for every area uh, of the church. And so uh, I just want to encourage us. You know, this is what we're doing because it's what God's called us to do. I hope our motivation's right in it. But ultimately, as you know, those are kind of big picture for the whole church kind of questions. But each of us as an individual has to answer the question, how do I fit in? What's my role? What's God calling me to do? And so we want to give you a chance to respond.